The following fanfiction was published on June 4th, 2011, significantly after the end of Stargate SG-1. It potentially contains spoilers, so if you are watching along with the podcast, we recommend you skip this one and join us when we get back to the main show. As the day stretched into the afternoon, O'Neill found himself without immediate work. He had found a suitable clearing hidden away, but not far from the town. Relieving himself of the weight of the packs, it was research time, which meant the bookworms were beavering away, but all he could do was wait for more information. Restless, he decided to take a chance with the ponies once more. He returned to Ponyville streets, ambling along in the sort of half-patrol, half-wander, he certainly got more than his fairish eyeballs from the locals, and while they didn't run or hide per se, conversations fell silent as he approached and they gave him a wide berth. When he tried waving and greeting random ponies, they skittered away from him nervously. He had half the street to himself and a bubble of silence twice as big. It really got on his nerves. It only took a few minutes before his left eye developed a tick. And it wasn't too much longer that he veered off course without warning, heading straight for a random pony. The small crowd scampered away, all getting out of his path save for one brown-coated male O'Neill had targeted. The pony nervously backed up a step but otherwise held his place, transfixed by the unsettling grin that now covered O'Neill's face. Hey pal, name's Jack O'Neill, what's yours? His voice was perhaps louder than it needed to be, tinged with the same manic friendliness. He thrust a hand out, the motion just aggressive enough that the pony backed up another step, this time bumping into a wall of the building behind him. He shifted nervously. O'Neill could see the marking on his hindquarters, a large golden hourglass. The pony danced a step, but there was no getting away from the very friendly and very large human. Ah, uh, who? What? What? The rictus smile stretched to wider. Who are you? Oh, um, yeah... Excuse me? The voice was barely a whisper, but it cut through the awkward tension like a knife. O'Neill started and looked down at his side. The yellow pony who had approached him silently as a breeze cringed away from his gaze. It only lasted a second before she recovered herself, peering up at him with one large eye through a flowering pink mane. She couldn't meet his eye for long, blushing and glancing down at the ground. Sorry, she squeaked, but... The patient is awake now, you know. If you want to come see him, she shrank back at a pace, ducking her head back even more until only the tip of her nose was visible through the mane. I, if that's all right with you, I mean. Jack sighed and offered her a slight smile. Even his bone-deep cynicism couldn't hold up in a face that innocent and bashful. It was far too endearing. Yeah, it's all right. Come on, take me to him. The luckless colt saw his chance and darted away, disappearing around the corner. She nodded slightly and managed to de-panic enough to start down the street at a slow walk. When asked, she offered hesitantly that her name was Fluttershy, and Jack, never one for idle chatting, found himself coaxing a bit of small talk out of her. As she led him to the infirmary, 
She liked flowers and animals and singing. And she was really very grateful for the SG-1 team had managed to rescue the Phillies without hurting them. The little darlings. O'Neill kept up the idle chat and Fluttershy grew a bit bolder as they walked. She noticed his attention on the buildings around them and began shyly offering names of stores and points of interest. Oh, and here's the library. Your friends are in there with Twilight Sparkle and Spike, aren't they? O'Neill grunted, then sidled over to a window to peer inside and check up on things. It looked pretty much like any other small library, so far as O'Neill knew. Books were everywhere, and the bookworms had at least managed to keep the piles mostly tidy. Carter stood with a book in her hand, flipping through, slowly, eyes flickering over the pages. She paced in front of a ladder, of which Spike stood. He searched through the shelves before pulling out another book out, handing it to Carter, who took it with a glance and murmured thanks. It took, an, took a second for O'Neill to find Jackson, but eventually he spotted the man sitting cross-legged against the wall next to a large stack of books. He held one up in front of him, flipping through it, just as Carter was with hers. O'Neill blinked. On Jackson's lap, the purple pony was curled up comfortably. She was almost too big for him. One hoof dangled lazily on the side of the man, book resting open face on the floor of the other. Her horn glowed briefly and the page flicked open. Jackson was holding his book with one hand and the other resting on Twilight Sparkle's back. They both shared the same contented smile. The colonel blew out a breath and shot a look at Fluttershy. Yeah, yeah, they look mighty settled in. Come on. He tried to moderate the growl of his voice in the last two words. The little pony squeaked in distress nonetheless, and he began stalking down the road, each step an attempt to vent a growing annoyance he was feeling. Cupcakes, 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 cupcakes! The shrill, cheerful voice grew louder as O'Neill and Fluttershy kept on the road towards the infirmary. He could see activity near a brightly colored building. A very pink pony was bouncing around in circles. Plate bounced neatly on her curly mane against all laws of physics. He slowed as he saw that she was who she was bouncing around. Tilk stood there motionless, except for his gaze, which tracked the pony. O'Neill had never known the big man to have a wide range of emotion, and he certainly wasn't displaying much even now. But O'Neill could read the spocked eyebrows and the worried expression on the job's face. He was apprehensive, as if O'Neill didn't know better, frightened as well. The pink ball of energy didn't even seem to notice. Come on, big guy, she chirped happily. There, good. You gotta try one. You're a guest, right? She stopped bouncing for a moment, planting her feet on the ground and mock glaring up at her. Adam, it's bad manners not to try it. O'Neill's cynicism had a hard time facing Fluttershy, and Teal's implacability couldn't stand up to this pony. He let out a large sigh. As you wish, pink and me and Diana Pie. I will try a cupcake. The pony stopped and stared at Teal'c, her mouth gaping open comically wide. How do you know my full name? Every pony just calls me Pinkie Pie. She looked at O'Neill, eyes startled and huge. She could only shrug. Don't ask, don't ask me. He's just like that. Before he could say anything further, Pinkie Pie's gaze focused on him. She let out a loud, exaggerated gasp and Fluttershy's expression turned a little panicky. She took a quick, couple quick steps Away from O'Neill, she barely managed to avoid Pinkie Pie as the other pony darted over, bouncing around the human at dizzying speeds. Oh, you're Jack! I saw you when you walked into town. Oh my gosh! Do you want a cupcake? She blurted to a stop right in front of him, rising on her hind legs to plant her four hooves on his belt, offering up the plate of cupcakes. O'Neill could only marvel that 
Throughout all this, the planet had not wavered, nor had any of the cupcakes budged even an inch. He raised his hand defensively, waving her down. She complied after a moment, staring at him with a blank smile. Those unnervingly huge eyes. Thanks, really, but I think I'm overdosing on sugar already. She tilted her head quizzically for a moment before beaming. Okie dokie, Smokey, if you're sure. Teal, come on. Fluttershy here says the priz. O'Neill glanced down at the pony, who looked shyly away. Ah, the patient is awake. Let's go have a chat. He jerked a thumb at Pinky, who had tossed the plate onto the ground and was happily devouring the rest of the cupcakes before she breaks out into a song or something. The way this place is rotting my teeth, I wouldn't be surprised. Without hesitation, Colonel O'Neill. Teal agreed. Emphatic. They strode purposely through the rest of the town, Fluttershy keeping pace between them. Did you even make it to the infirmary, O'Neill asked? No, I met the Crudimar Crusaders again. Teal cocked his eyebrow at O'Neill's two blank expressions. The three little ponies we rescued. It seemed impolite to ignore them, so I stopped to converse. And when we parted ways, he suppressed a minute shudder O'Neill almost missed. She appeared. He gave O'Neill a direct look. You were lucky you escaped so quickly. Pinkie Pie? The voice. A soft voice drifted off from the ground, causing both men to blink. They had nearly forgotten about Fluttershy. She blushed as they turned their attentions to her, but continued. She's always like that. She's... Very nice and friendly. She's just a little, um... Her voice dropped into even more of a whisper than usual as she said something that could possibly be construed as criticism of her friend. Intense. So are serial killers, O'Neill muttered, and the trio continued to the infirmary without further conversation. The infirmary turned out to be a rather large open-air tent on the far side of town. Rows of little cots filled the space inside, and they looked like any medic's tent. Only sky blue rather than olive green, and all of the cots were empty safe too. These had been pushed together to make a single bed for the Jaffa horse. The big stallion lay on its uninjured side, its breathing shallow but stable. A pulley had been rigged up to keep its injured wing extended, keeping the wound exposed so that the nurse pony could treat it. One matronly nurse turned as the trio approached. Her eyes grew wide as she looked up at O'Neill and Teal'c. But she recovered enough to flash a brief smile at Fluttershy. Thank you so much, my dear. I just didn't realize they'd be so tall. Fluttershy ducked her head and smiled. It was my pleasure. She looked over to the horse, face growing sad. Is there anything else I could do? The nurse gave her a tired smile. I do appreciate it, but we have things well and hoof here. Run along, dearie. I shan't keep you any longer. Fluttershy nodded, giving the patient one last look before smiling up to O'Neill and Teal'c. Goodbye. It was very nice to meet you. O'Neill gave her a little smile and wave before moving gingerly into the tent. Teal'c followed close behind, and the nurse stopped them before they got too far in, giving each a stern look in turn. You can talk to him, but if you get him too excited or upset, I'll have to ask you to leave. He must rest. O'Neill held up his hands in silent acquiescence and the two humans sat down on the tent's floor near the Jaffa's head. The horse eyed O'Neill silently, and then huffed out a contemptuous snort and glanced at Teal'c. He began to dismiss Teal'c as he had Jack, but his head snapped back in a double take. The nurses let out a protest as the horse jerked and fumbled at the bed, trying to rise up. First prime! His breathing quickly grew labored, and under the pain of his wound, he was finally forced to subside. 
He stared at Teal'c, eyes wide and disbelieving. The two men traded a look. Silently, O'Neill gestured with a flourish for Teal'c to proceed, which the Jaffa answered with a nod of thanks. O'Neill sat back, arms folded, to listen and watch. Teal'c turned to the horse, meeting his eyes squarely. I am Teal'c of Chulak. Jaffa liaison to Stargate Command, and I am the former First Prime of Apophis. His mouth twisted with contempt for the last, as he held the horse's gaze nonetheless. We have many questions to ask you. Let us start with your name. The horse hesitated, unsure whether to be defiant or submissive. He finally blew out a sigh and settled back against the bed. I am Brindle. I serve the goddess Epona and am leader of the Sky Cohort. Brindle? Why did you abduct children? Brindle winced and had the grace to look ashamed. It was not our plan. We were scouting the woods outside the village when we stumbled upon those three. My companions grabbed them to keep them from alerting others, and... He shrugged one shoulder. Eventual interrogation. He caught the dangerous gleam in O'Neill's eye, and some measure of defiance and pride entered his demeanor again. We would not have hurt them. We will do what we must to serve our goddess, but we are not needlessly cruel. Teal continued in the same calm voice. These ponies have never seen your like before. Where did you come from, and why are you here now? The horse mulled that over, apparently deciding how much to share freely. He gave another shrug. Epona ruled this world, and we served her. I do not claim to know the mind of my goddess, but I believe she saw her time on this world approach an end. In preparation, she sent my team into a deep steep, to be awoken upon her return. I cannot begin to guess as to how long it has been since that time, but we awoke two nights ago. O'Neill sat up straight and shared another look with Tilk. The Jaffa nodded, but neither spoke. Tilk returned his attention to Brindle. Why were you scouting? It, it is opponent's will that these lands be reclaimed in her name. The nurse continued with her ministrations and busywork, but they began casting worried glances at the horse, particularly as his voice grew in confidence. And her will be done. It will be done. How many companions went through deep sleep with you? Brindle chuckled softly, closing his eyes and resting his hand back on the pillow. I am not a fool, First Prime, nor a traitor. I will not say. O'Neill leaned forward, looking thoughtful. So, Brindle, since you woke up, has Epona actually... He gestured vaguely with his hands. Returned yet? Brindle flinched as though struck. He turned his face from both humans, what little energy he had draining steadily away. I have said all I have to say. He fell silent and did not seem inclined to say any more. One more look passed between O'Neill and Teal'c, and they rose as one, leaving the cover of the medical tent. They walked a pace towards the trees until they were sure they were out of earshot. Two nights ago, he said. O'Neill murmured. Yeah, that's when we came through the gate. Yes, stop that. What do you think about our new buddy? You struck true, Colonel O'Neill. There is doubt in his mind. Teal'c looked over at O'Neill's shoulder back in the tent. He is uncertain and he regrets kidnapping the Phillies. I do not believe that we, we will need to resort to interrogation, he thought for a moment and nodded. Permit me to stay with him overnight. I will reveal the opponent's wor words for the Gelwood lies they are. If I cannot convince him to give us intelligence, I can at least sow seeds of rebellion. These Jaffa may be horses, O'Neill, but they do deserve to be as free as any other. O'Neill smiled. That's my little revolutionary. I was going to ask you to stay in any case. We need a Guard on him in case he decides to make a run for it in the middle of the night. He clapped Teal'c on the forearm. Good luck. I'm heading back to base camp. Stay in touch. Teal'c bowed his head. Of course. Of course, Colonel O'Neill.